All right, all right. Well, welcome to Persevere to Excel. I'm super excited today. I have my good friend Keaton with me, and、um, he is representing Manchester, New Hampshire. What's going on, my friend? Dude, I'm representing the whole city, huh? <laughs> the entire city. You didn't know that, that was the deal, huh? There we go. Thanks for having me, Dale. Dude, we we actually have like a, a background in terms of like how long we've known each other. We've gone to the same middle school.、Um, And you know we've we decided to stick around. We decided to stick around in Manchester, and、um, we're we're involved with so many different things. But I'm super pumped to have you here. And because today is Valentine's Day, I'm going to start by asking you,、um, what's your favorite thing about Valentine's Day? Oh man,、um, my favorite thing about Valentine's Day is,、uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with.、Uh, Catching up with your friends who all got gifts from their from their loved ones and eating their candy, <laughs> the candy, right?、Yeah. You gotta have、it's, candy, right? It's that cho- it's the chocolate. It's um, you know, ripping open their heart and and taking that caramel one right out of the middle. Ooh, before they can get it, that's my favorite one. So, dude, that's that's awesome. I actually I had a very very busy day today, and、uh, my kids made me a little card yesterday. And they insisted, you know, make sure you got something. So in between my errands today, I、um, actually went out to a local chocolate place, Van Otis Chocolate, got a little something,、um, and I ran home, left it on the table before anybody saw it. So I got to represent. I got a little daughter, you know, so she's like, she's all into well, Valentine's. Well、day. done, well done. <laughs> yeah, my parents used to get me something too, but those days are those days are over. You know what? It, it's <laughs> it's an interesting holiday for me because like. For people that like my wife and I, we've been together for a very long time since high school, and、um, you know, every Valentine's Day, I'm always asking her like, "What What do you want?" But when it's the other way around, I'm like, I don't really need anything. Like, I feel like, like you know, what her and I have been able to build for the last couple of years. Like, I'm like, you know, that's that's good enough. I have to show up every day. You know, I think that's like good enough. But that's not how it works, man. It doesn't work that way. Valentine's Day is a big day for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of holidays and birthdays and. All kinds of stuff that you gotta get stuff for, but you know, whatever. For sure, I also wanted to start by saying that、um, I'm I'm wearing a blazer. So for my listeners, if you can't see the video on this podcast, like I'm rocking a blazer today,、yeah. and I'm also rocking like a crazy long African style kind of a poncho, whatever you want to call it. And one of the reason why I'm rocking a blazer is because my friend here, he is the blazer master. He he has like collections and collections of different blazers. So I wanted to make sure that I I got a rock a blazer. So tell me a little bit about like your your obsessions with blazers, man. Jackets in general. Um yeah、uh, yeah. So I work at a board game cafe, obviously, and、uh, we basically you know it's a party every night. And before I opened the cafe, I、uh, was having game nights at my house, and so you're always hosting parties and、uh, yeah. So you know I I. Would pick up a blazer or or two at a thrift store every now and then, and so I got a, I had a couple, and、uh, they were just fun. To, it's fun to dress up,、um, and so now、uh, I'm, I've been able to have a a nice collection of some solid blazers, and I've, I've was fortunate enough to have some some tailored for me、uh, over in Thailand, which was pretty cool.、And、oh, what? That's awesome! So I got to pick out some custom prints, and like it, it was a it was affordable.、Um, So yeah, so no, I I like to I like to dress up every now and then. So that, so you're wearing a that, great that's cool. That's really awesome. I remember one time,、um, we, we, we will talk about your amazing business that you have, Boarding Brews. But I remember one time, I think it was at Boarding Brews. I went in and I I I saw you rocking this jacket. And I was like, bro, where'd you get that jacket? And you're and like I was like sincerely like like open like I wanted to know where you got the the jacket. And you told me, yeah, I got it at a thrift shop. I was like, oh man, that's awesome. So, do you still thrift? Do you still do、uh, thrift shopping? Yeah, I, I thrift.、Um, uh, I thrift、uh, almost not every day.、Uh, maybe like once a week. It's kind of like my therapy.、Um, you know,、uh, it's my shopping therapy. I'll go to a thrift store, and generally now it's、uh, I, I look for、um, I look for board games now. Oh, so you go to thrift store to find to look for like yeah, vintage stuff that、exactly. might be there. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You can find some out of out of print board games, which are pretty cool, and.、Um, And then I'll generally go by the suit the suit section, but、um, it's harder to find unique suit coats at thrift stores.、Um, uh, we we're in your living room space right now, which I grew up.、Uh, my living room space was 
was like one block south of here. So you lived, you grew up like in this neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. so you're on the end of my street right now, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then Elias, uh, our good friend from, uh, from school, uh, he was five houses down on the left. Oh, wow. So I used to, obviously, so I'd be, I'd be right, right next door to you. Um, if I was a kid and I would have I been <laughs> knocking on your door all the time, like, hey, let me check out your shoes. Um, but there was a thrift store on the other side of you, a block and a half over. Uh, that was uh, part of the church. And um, it would be open for two hours every Saturday morning. And they had some really cool stuff. So you have to go to those unique thrift stores to find uh, the cool suit coats and stuff. I mean, you know, you'll find them every now and then. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the more uh, every time I'm in a town, I, I try and find a thrift store. You never know what you can find. That's really cool. And, and hearing you talk about like your experience going to thrift shop, it's like, it sounds like it's like authentic. It's like organic for you. It's like part of you where one of the thing that's interesting about fashion is when things become trendy, that's when like everybody jumps on it. Um, I have friends that live in like different cities like LA or New York and like thrifting became a thing in the last couple of years. So it's like, Oh, I'm going to go to the thrift shop. And I'm just like, man, is that like really like you or is it just because it's like trendy, you know? Yeah. So I used to, I used to go to, um, uh, thrift shops with my grandmother when, when I was like five. Right. And I would always like, I would, I would be buying, like, I would go into the, the dishware and buy like metal scoops and spoons just so I can go to the beach and like have like digging tools and stuff when I was like a kid. So I was, I was, I've been thrifting my whole life. So yeah, I remember that like when Macklemore came out with that, <laughs> with the thrift shop and, um, my friends sent it to me and they're like, Oh, this is totally you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but now everyone's going to be like going to the thrift store, grabbing my stuff now. Cause now it's like the cool thing. So, so yeah. Yeah. So for my listener out there, I, I just want to say that regardless of what's driving you to go to a thrift shop, like, I think it's cool because <laughs> one, you're, you're, you're being, um, environmentally like conscious because obviously like clothes is one of the biggest thing that it's ruining our environment in terms of landfill that just has tons and tons of clothes and we also live in this like fast fashion you know like different stores where the anticipation of wearing certain garment it's like maybe a couple of weeks some some people some stores actually project just a couple of days once it's done it's done so i do want to say that regardless of what's bringing you to thrift shops like i think it's a good thing because it's definitely good for the environment but also in, in terms of cost saving a lot of people are you know they don't have the luxury of not going to thrift shop because they don't have the means right so um i do i, I in a lot of the work that i do i always want to make sure that i'm being cautious in terms of other people's experiences yeah when it becomes trendy the thing about trendy trendy comes and goes right but there are some really cool stuff you'll find there so i always have like an interesting opening and that was our opening for today but um Let's talk a little bit about um, like your involvement in this community. You know, it seems like you've you've always been grounded here, which has led to you actually having your own business. You know, you're you're a business owner and you have a very unique business model. Um, so let's talk. Like, let's talk a little bit about that. Your involvement in the community. What made you stick around in this community, and what made you want to start a business here? Um, I think. Uh uh, ultimately, one of the, the big things growing up was that uh, live for your die mantra. So here in New Hampshire, our, you know, our state motto is live for your die. Um, and, you know, everyone was proud to be from New Hampshire. But when we all became of age and graduated high school, it was like, hey, hit the road and let's go to college out of state. Um, a, a lot of our friends have jobs in Boston and in New York, uh, most of them on the East Coast. But all our friends are all across the country. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to, um, I kind of wanted to build something here. And like I said, I, I grew up next door and there was, there is nothing like this in Manchester, right? It's the biggest city in the state. Um, you know, Nashua is second to, to Manchester just by small margin. Um, and you know, with that being said, there, there are barely any community spaces in Manchester. Um, and so as a, as a young adult, uh, I felt that there wasn't a whole lot of leadership uh, with the youth. I had none. Um, you know, we have our basketball coaches and our um, our friends' parents that are more involved and are able to help you in a, in a certain situation uh, in life. But other than that, there was no real mentorship. You know, the the high schools um, 
fall short of that and they do the best they can because there's a lot of kids in these high schools in, in, in Manchester. We have Memorial Central uh, and West, and then we have the, uh, Trinity as well. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of kids um, going to school in Manchester, and it's just like there's not a whole ton of programs. It, it's Maybe specifically for me, uh, I, there was um, – there wasn't a lot that I took advantage of, and I, I didn't. I, I didn't really see a, a role model that was able to um, kind of uh, help me become part of the community. Uh, so I felt that um, we should have more things that would make it easier for people to be part of a community, and um, not just a, a bar that you can go and, and grab a beer uh, and watch. You know. A, the Patriots or the Red Sox, because uh, this is New England. Ninety nine percent of bars are sports bars, right? Um, right, that's true. Which are great. We we love sports. I mean, I love sports. Do you love sports? I love sports. Yeah, yeah. we love sports. Uh, um, but you know, it's uh, it, you know, on a Friday night, you know, you might not want to be in a, in a place that's you know just just loud with um, with TVs going and, and whatnot. So um, yeah, I, w- I wanted to kind of create a space where people could go and get together and just have discussions. And um, uh, yeah, so I, I chose a board game cafe. And, and so I do want to break down a little bit. So how old were you and when did you get that spark, right? Like, because most entrepreneurs, they get, they have an idea and sometimes that idea, you know, it's something that sometimes they suppress it. It takes a little bit of time before they get to a point where they're like, oh, actually, th- this is something I want to push. If, if you can recall, when was like, when was it a time where you actually were like, man, like this is, I have this yearning for this idea to like make it come alive. Well, I think it was, um, it was it was probably um, maybe sophomore year of college. Mm. Right? I'm at Southern New Hampshire University. Uh, uh, Elias, buddy, buddy is at Bryant in Rhode Island. Dave's at BC. Um, we got uh, Ben Sink, who um, uh, is a North Ender. He grew up. He grew up right down the street from us. Uh, he was at Saint Olaf. Um, so we're all in, in, you know, in different states more or less. Um, and we're all back for uh, winter vacation, and we're all talking about what we're going to do. And um, we wanted to do a bike ride uh, across the country um, while we were in school. Like what we were going to do it in between um, our sophomore and senior, our sophomore and junior year, or something like that, our junior and senior year in college. Um, so we were like talking about that, and then I was like, "Hey, why don't we all just why don't we all just start a business in New Hampshire?" Um, I I wanted to do like a uh, I want to do like a tour guide business because we have uh, in Manchester, um, we're right on 93. So we're, we're right uh, just north of Boston, 40 minutes north of Boston. And then the White Mountains are another hour and a half from us. Um, so we got a lot of people coming up through Manchester um, and never, never mind the primaries. It just happened last week. Right. Um, right. So Manchester gets a, a, a lot of travelers, um, a lot of tourists. People come into Manchester for, um, the, the you know, the convention center in the, in the, in the snow arena. Um, so I was like, you know, all these people are asking for stuff to do. Like, what, what, why don't we do a tourism company? It would be super fun to take people to the, to the, to the coast and take them surfing, um, or take them up north and go to the White Mountains and go hiking. Um, you know, so I was like, let's do some fun stuff and just prove that, like, or just show all the, the cool little spots in New Hampshire. Um, you know, it was a far fetched idea, and that was like that was like the first conversation that I remember, like, thinking about doing something here. And like just going forward and like asking my friends like, hey, let's do this. If you want to do it, I will be part of it with you. Um, and so we weren't sure where to go. We ended up doing the bike ride after um, uh, a senior year in college. So we rode. So that was a cross country bike trip. Yeah, that's so, incredible. So Dave and Buddy and I, uh, we went cross country uh, on some bikes and um, left from Boston and landed in San Francisco. Um, and so like you know, going riding through the the countryside and going to all these towns and meeting all these people, you, you really, it was really an eye opener on like, just like you know, how vastly different this country is from, uh, from state to state and like neighborhood to neighborhood, right. sometimes street to street. It can be just different on one side of the street to the other. Um, so yeah, it, it was, uh, it was, a uh, it was a great trip and, you know, we came back and I was, you know, I was just more inspired than ever to, to, to focus on New Hampshire and, and make, you know, work on this community. Um, because I, I just felt like, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's a void there. And um, when I came back and I finished, uh, you know, finished the schooling that I, that I wanted to do and um, I was working in social services and I was working with, uh, you know, adults with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And I picked up a game one day and uh, started playing a board game with these guys I was working with. And, 
And that's that's when I kind of figured out what board games have become from what we thought they were. We think of Monopoly and Connect Four and Guess Who, uh, but board games have like gone uh, gone up far gone gone far from uh, the t- the times of Monopoly. So, um, and that's where I, I realized that you know board games could could meet the needs of all kinds of different people and bring people together that wouldn't normally be socializing and hanging out. And so I, I kind of looked into the hobby of board games and, um, you know, about three, three years later, uh, boards and brews was open. That, that's incredible. Yeah. So, so you started using board games with the, the patients that you're working with or the clients that you're working with part of your job. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, like, what were some of the stuff that you saw early on? Like, was it a connection? Like, how were they reacting to it? I'm curious to know from your experience. Well, um, you know, the, the guys I was working with, you know, it's, you know, some developmental disabilities, um, you know, for for whatever reason, you know, maybe they were born with it. Maybe it was the way they were raised. Um, there were, you know, there were some things that they would struggle with in, in games, uh was able to kind of like bridge that gap of um, let's let's learn something, let's teach ourselves um, how to follow the rules in uh, in a in a in a rule set that isn't that complicated. Um, so games that are like no harder than guess who they're mm-hmm. just they're newer, they're different, they're more fun. Um, and you know, once they start to learn the rules, they're like, wow, I'm actually having a good time. Um, what happens is, you know, people are super intimidated to learn something new. And especially when it comes to a bird game and they go to a board game cafe and they've been working all week and it's a Friday night and they're like, hey, I don't want to learn anything new. Um, I just want to, you know, we just, we're just going to play cards against humanity. Um, what these games are able to do is, you, you, you know, people are vulnerable. They, they, like I said, they don't want to learn new things. But if you can just get them over that little hump and they feel accomplished and then they feel empowered because they just, they just learned how to... Uh, manipulate this game and actually right. have a really good time and maybe even win. Um, and people get excited by that. And they're like, wow, that wasn't even that hard. Like we should do this way more often, which is more or less what happened with me and my friends. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would have the games I would play with my guys at work and, um, and I was a home care provider. So I had young men living with me from like between the ages of like 20, 24 to 29, um, 24, 27 year old and 29 year old, like a mm-hmm. year apiece almost. Um, and, um, yeah, like you would have certain games that, you know, they're going to love. And then I would have, then I just started learning more about games and then I would bring a different game to game night that would maybe be more intense or less intense or great for groups of 10 or, um, so I, I just started experimenting with all these different types of, uh, play experiences. Um, and I would invite my friends over all the time. And then I start, I found a board game group, uh, that met up at, uh, at Stark Brewery in Manchester. Uh, every Tuesday night. And so I went and checked that out and it's just people teaching each other games. Um, some of it complicated, some of it just easy, fun party games. And people are just there hanging out uh, to meet new people. Uh, that meetup now is at Boards and Brews on Tuesday nights, which is great. Um, and we have 2000 board games. So there's always something new to learn. And then there's always the classics that people still love and there's all kinds of stuff. So that's, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I, I know I kind of you know, duck deeper to help you, you know, what I wanted to know, what was the thing, you know, and it sounds like there was a progression, right? Like you're, you're kind of rediscovering board games, but you're also discovering in the sense of, wow, there's so many different options here. And then at the same time, you're seeing the connection with the people that you're working with and you're seeing that it's, it's doing something and it's, it's starting to yeah. kind of ignite you to say, Hey, this is something that I can do with my friends as well. So how do you go from, from that to like, wanting to actually start a business that does that yeah that's uh it was um it was like a crazy jump right um how it started was um i was kind of i was working my own gig i, I was working at a hotel um uh, during the day and you know I, and i liked it but um i still wasn't sure what company i was going to make that leap with right mm. i like the idea of hospitality um so you, you never know what the hotel um, you could pretty much go anywhere in the hotel industry, um, and that could be it could be really fun fun job. Um, but I basically was able to kind of uh, I found out what a board game cafe was. That was like the start when I found out that it was like a business that there was yeah, a thing such was as a, a thing. board game cafe. Right? Yeah, I was like, this is wild. Is there one in America? Because um, the one I found was was in Canada, and so I found out there was one in Boston. So I, I called up my friends. I was like, hey, we got to do a road trip. 
boom, we're in Boston, we check out this cafe. And, um, you know, it was really cool, thousands of games. And then I was like, wow, I have some, I have my own ideas that I could implement in a space like this that could really take something like this um, to the next level in Manchester. And I was like, wow, how cool would that be if our own community had a board game cafe? Because it's, cool. it's just like an amazing space um, of people conversating. You're going to go in the cafe on a Friday night and you're going to see the place full and nobody on their phones. It's it's mm. a remarkable thing. And I think it's super important as we move into this like, you know, social media, you know, phone crazed uh, future. Like it's like this like there's there's no stopping it. Um, it. It is what it is. We want convenience um, and boards and brews is I'm trying to to offer a space for people to kind of like detach from that a little bit and, and get the solace and just like some face to face interaction um, from people who who don't really play games like most of our guests are not hobby gamers. Um, they're just not. We have 2000 board games um, in, you know more than half of those are designer board games, which is like a, you know, every couple weeks or every week, every couple of days, maybe a new board game comes out, right? Wow. So these are like designer board games. Mm -hmm. And then you have like the classics where the, the reprints of Monopoly and different versions of Clue. Um, and then you're gonna have like in the middle where your you're party games like Cards Against Humanity and then they have like the Trial by Trolley game coming out soon, which are these like little fun party games where you just play a card and everyone laughs. Like, so we have a, a mixture of everything, but it's really, you know, it's just a space to get people together and, and to talk. And when we get these non-gamers in and they're able to kind of disconnect, it's 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 remarkable and it's an, it's an amazing feeling when you look around on a Friday night and you just see a bunch of people you don't know really enjoying the space that you created. Um, which, uh, yeah, which is like, a, it's incredibly difficult to do, um, especially, you know, up here in Manchester, New Hampshire, where, like I said, a lot of our friends went out of town. Right, right. So you're trying to create something for people like you, right? Because I grew up here, there wasn't a lot that I found interesting. I wasn't really that great at school. Um, so I really didn't see myself doing like a standard kind of job or to, to you know, to fit in around here. And so when you look around and you see, you know, people that aren't like you enjoying the same things that you love, that's where you really see that board games are, is a, it's a special thing. Um, again, that you don't even need to play board games or enjoy board games at all. It's just like an experience that is really unique to find. And we help people get over that hump. We have games teachers who teach games every night. So you can come in and you're most people are like, oh, we're good. But then like when they figure out, oh, wait, they have knowledgeable people who know everything about these games and can teach us this game in two minutes. And then they're going to leave us alone. And then we're going to be able to play this game. And it's a new experience. And it's actually really fun. Um, it's it's a it's yeah, it's a. So you're, you're coming along your staff and the team that are on the ground. They're coming alongside folks to make sure that they feel at ease engaging in this new experience of playing board games. Um, I, I do want to backtrack just a little bit. So I'm a big I'm a big believer around like this whole idea of like proof of concept by having your own sandbox. I believe that we should all have our own little experimental space where we try different things that that we are thinking about or, you know, and part of having your own sandbox, you know, that's you, you learn from me. Right. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. Oh, that. So I, I am curious, like, when did you go from? Oh snap! There's such thing as board games, board uh, you know, like board games cafes all over different places. To man, we should definitely have one in our community. To actually finding a space and then taking a leap of faith and like like pressing in to say, man, I gotta I gotta actually open this because that's one of the biggest thing that like young entrepreneur are struggle with or the most the biggest. You know, that transformation from an idea to action, but then from an action to an actual business. And I think, you know, a lot of my listeners and, and could really benefit to hear your kind of your journey a little bit in terms of when did you go from, you know, a concept to trying the concept and then to like, like making it an actual business. Um, I'm curious to know, like, what, what was that? What was that? Those different steps that took for you to actually come alive. Yeah, what it was was um, it just got to the point where 
I was like, yeah, I actually, I think this, I was able to see the side of the board game uh, community um, in the, in the hobby from like so many different angles, like working with people with disabilities, uh, working with my friends who most of them have disabilities cause they're my friends and they, they're, they're weird. Um, and then my family members who all have disabilities, a lot of disabilities, but, um, no, like just like working with games with all different people. Um, I was able to, it, it really, it really resonated with me. So and you saw the direct connection already that re like it kind of ensured you that, Hey, that human connection is happening through this activity. Yeah. Which I wasn't seeing in other places i mean it's not um it's probably not just by chance that i was um i was involved in the pilot program of unified sports and special olympics mm -hmm. um which is a, which was a program that basically took um uh people without disabilities mm -hmm. um, and put them on the court with people with disabilities and where we played together um, it's, I don't think it's by chance that that just happened. So I went to Webster school right up the street, mm -hmm. um, in my class, um, uh, I was able to meet a, a gentleman named TJ. I think he's a, he's a year older than me. Um, and I ended up spending time with him on the weekends and his father was like, you should do special Olympics with TJ. Uh, TJ was asked me to do it and I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so his father who works for, who worked for, uh, for DECA worked for Dean Kamen, mm -hmm. um, which uh, which which Dale and I were talking about earlier, which is uh, you know one of the, the bright spots on on Manchester coming up, right, right. In terms of opportunities here, it's endless with what yeah. they're bringing in. Yep, and a lot of a lot of those guys like to come to Boards and Brews. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but so so Jim basically got me involved in this pilot program he was working on, where I would play on the court with people with disabilities in in. Um, guys like me and guys and girls like me would volunteer and we would basically facilitate the game and, and, and teach them and coach them while we were on the court. Um, so fast forward, fast forward 10 right. years later, I'm now a home care provider working with young men with disabilities, helping them get acclimated to a community, helping them keep a job. Um, and then I pick up a board game and I realize that now my friends are playing board games with me and the guys that I'm working with, mm. and now the guys that I'm working with disabilities are now playing board games with each other, which is extremely difficult because when you have young men with disabilities, they don't really want to associate with other guys with disabilities. Right. It's this. It's this thing. Um, and so seeing the, seeing that happen, I was like. I was always looking for a way to get people together in my mm. community. So there was an alignment there. So that that to you was kind of like the proof of concept. Like, yeah. oh, snap, like this is happening and this could be something. Yeah. And that's it sounds like that's what yep. created and then, that, and then that getting, drive. And then getting my family to play a game. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the middle and, I, you know, I have an older sister and a younger sister and um and my, my dad can never finish a game. He always flips a table ever since I was a kid. <laughs> um, so games weren't part of my life. Right. They didn't get to the table that often. Mm. Um, but, you know, seeing my family play a game, and I'm like, wow, if my family can do it. Um, if my guys from work and my friends can do it, like, this is a, this is a special thing. Um, and so, yeah, when I, when I, and then I looked into the board game cafe thing, and I was like, wow, this is a thing that's popular over the world. They've been, you know, very successful in Asia. Um, there's a few in the U.S. now. There was one in Boston, which was the only one in New England, and now there's about six in New England. Wow. Um, yeah. So I was, I was looking at it like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to give back to my community. And so basically, from from that proof of concept, right? That was my proof of concept. No, um, no investor saw that as proof of concept, mm -hmm. right? Um, no, every they all want to see the numbers and. I was a little weary on the numbers um, because uh, from I wasn't really worried about the money. I basically was able to save up as much money as I could for two years. Almost every action I did was in direct correlation with me making this cafe happen. Wow. Like every action, every conversation I had. Um, so, I, so you were intentional. You were, it sounds like you were super intentional in terms of where you were going, but also how you moved, right? Like what you put in place, how you saved your money, yep. what you were reserving for. And yep. so it wasn't just like, oh, I have this idea that one day I'm going to 
I want to open this thing and if money falls off the sky, then I'll be able to. But you were actually like you, you it sounded like you shifted your life around in order to to be able to kind of, you know, follow this path. Yeah. And again, it was board games. So right. it wasn't necessarily a hard shift, right? I was just focusing my time on learning more about game theory, learning more about, you know, getting people together around a, 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 the table to play a game. Uh, who likes to play games? Why do people play games? Um, where do games even come from? Mm -hmm. Where are games going? What are games able to do for different groups? Are they, is it a learning game? Is it a cooperative game? Is it a two player, you know, strategy game? Like what, what is happening in this whole thing? And I spent pretty much every day and every action uh, fighting for that and, and saving, saving my money until it got to the point where I was able to make some connections um, and uh, get a, get a good, uh, a good eye on a, vacant spot on elm street which is the you know the busiest one of the busiest streets around if you don't if you're not familiar with manchester elm street is like the busiest street which is in, in comparison to other city it really isn't but it's it's the busiest yeah. street for us where we live it's, it's where all the bars and <laughs> restaurants are um and then you've got south willow which is going to be all the retail in and stuff um and then the mall further further down south willow but yeah we got it right on the middle of elm street so you found a good location found a great location but it was it was it was just by happenstance. The mm. owner happened to enjoy playing board games. That's amazing. So it was it, the owner of the building liked playing board games, um, and so we cultivated this relationship with with Henry. And um, you know, six months after going to game nights at their house, once and tw once or twice, um, you know, we kind of I, I broached the subject. Say, hey, like I know you you've got this space. You haven't rented it yet. Mm -hmm. I got my eyeball. I, you know, I, I'd like to do something, but again, you know, I, I never thought I would be on Elm street. I was willing to, to do a pop-up, you know, off of Elm street. Mm -hmm. um, little did I know boards and brews would never be what it is if it wasn't where it was. Um, be just because of the, the, the exposure that we get right on that main road. Um, so which is, which is our marketing budget uh, essentially is, is the rent. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was just by luck. And the owner was like, okay, I'll let you fix it up. So I basically spent all that money I saved up, um, in, invested it in the space and, and transformed the, this, um, this 3000 square foot shoebox um, that used to be a Photoshop that then turned into a dive bar, that dive bar closed. And then, uh, it was vacant for about a year. Right. So I was able to Tell the owner, I'm going to clean up this whole space. They, they, you know, they painted the walls black. I'm going to rip the wall down. I'm going to get back to the traditional brick. Um, and, I, and I made it happen. I made the space look gorgeous. And then I threw a huge party. <laughs> and I put on a suit coat. Uh, and I threw a huge party. And I showed everybody, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, and then that night, Dave, uh, you know, my best friend that, that I grew up with, um, you know, went to St. Joe's. Uh, he was like, yo, I, I'm in, you got me. Um, so then we spent the next, uh, the next year and a half working, you know, well, no, that was, um, yeah, that was August. Yeah. No. So six months later, about six months later. So that was me working in the space for about four months. And it was me with my uncles, you know, covered in dust and buying lumber and putting the floor in and buying tools. You're so really, gr you, you really were grinding in there to, it try was, to, to try to make this vision. Come yeah. To life. So, so what ended up happening was I started spending money. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I looked, I said, there's so much money I have. I'm going to go until I run out of money. Wow. So not everybody has that luxury. Right. Um, right. and I don't have that luxury. Um, but I didn't really care. And um, would you say that the goal was kind of driving that? Yeah. 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 I was, um, I was, yeah, I, I I put the the horse in front of the cart, and I just did it. Yeah. Did, you, did you ever think like? Did you ever? I'm curious to know because a, a lot of people are held back, even if they might have a little bit of resources to actually pursue the dream, but they're scared about the consequences. What happens if this doesn't work out? So I'm curious from your perspective. Did you ever? You know, while you were in there trying to figure this out, did you ever have those ideas, you know, those thoughts of like, hey, man, I'm, I'm investing money. I'm investing time like I'm I'm in this. But what happens if it doesn't work out? No, not really. I um, there's a uh, Simon Sinek. Uh, he wrote a book. Start with why. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, ultimately I, I took that theory of if you start with why you're doing something and it's true to, to, if it's true, if the cause is true, doesn't no ma- it doesn't matter. Like it's gonna, like it's gonna happen. Of course, a million things could happen to stop it. And I got really lucky, but the right. idea was, um, I believed what I was doing was good for the community. Um, and I was willing to, to put my flag in it and say, I'm going to go down with this ship. If I lose all of my savings, um, yeah, I'm going to be a burden on my friends and my family. I'm gonna have to sleep on some couches. Um, but, um, you, no. you, you accepted the consequence no matter what, if it, either if it was positive or negative in terms of the risk that you took to invest in this. Yeah, I, I feel I feel every day we are fortunate to be here. I have my health, um, uh, which very fortunate, you know, and my family's healthy. My friends are healthy, you know, stu- like I'm just in a perfect situation where I don't have kids. You know, I'm, I'm going to turn 30 next month or in two months or something like that. Um, uh, I haven't made that sacrifice. Um, and so I kind of owe it to guys like you who have made families and have had to, and you have to put so much time and effort into that. Um, I'm out here just hanging out. Right. And so I, I owe it to guys like you who believe in a community and I'm going to put in the, what I can to make something happen while I'm here because any, you know, every day is a, is a new day and anything can happen. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was, it was what it was and I was going to make it happen. And all up, all up until the last, until I was out of money, I still hadn't signed an operating agreement with my business partners, which is incredible. I was out of my, I spent all of my money and I still wasn't willing to sign that dotted line until, you know, until I thought that I was going to get the, you know, get what I deserved. Which is a uh, in terms of what you invested, right? In terms you, of what I invested, and you know, I took a year a work off for a year and a half. But again, still that number and what I think I deserve, and um, it's still an incredibly complicated thing to kind of. There's no way. There's no like. Uh, there's no like calculator where you can right. put in like this and this and this and get like a number on what you think you deserve on a, on a concept and an idea that has not has not made any money. Right. Um, so it was just like one of the reasons why, you know, this, uh, one of the reasons why I didn't, until I was out of money, even sign an operating agreement with my partners, just because it was just so hard to figure out what was going to, what was going to be right, what everything was going to look like. Um, and so that was extremely difficult. You know, if, if there are any entrepreneurs out there and, you know, they're, they're listening and they're, they want to, they want to start something. Um, yeah, the the supportive friends, or if you have a friend that's going to start something, mm-hmm. like it's it, it's it takes a lot from friends and families uh, to to support an entrepreneur, and it's not just you're stepping out of the box. This yeah. is not the norm. Yeah, if it's, it's the norm, everybody else is doing it. Yeah. But if it's not the norm, then you do need that support. And it sounds yeah. like you, you know, lucky for you, along along the way, people started to see what your vision was and they started to come alongside you but at the same time like it was still a very risky journey until you got to that point so i do want to fast forward a little bit but before i fast forward i, I do want to touch on this like i when i a lot of the folks that i've spoken to i've had people like you know the guy that studied that started daddy's junkie music you know fred Bermonte, who you know it was like the the like the, the 15th largest music store in the country i mean he and then you know Towards the end of that journey, uh, he he went on bankrupt, and we, we spoke about like the consequence. But he started this in his garage, and one of the things that I always tell people it's like part of creating something, part of going on the journey, you have to accept the consequences, regardless of what it ends up being. And if you can't accept it, then that might be what's actually holding you back from wanting to move forward. And for you, it sounds like. You know, there was a major risk. You invested your time, you invested your money, but you believed in, based on the foundation of what was driving the idea, you believed in it so much that you were willing to to accept whatever the consequences was going to be in result of trying to get this thing to come to life. So let's fast forward a little bit. I remember I, I saw the place that summer before even, you know, before I even got to whatever, I walked in and I just... 
I just love the energy. I love the energy that I got from you and David when I walked into that space. I think your um, your uncle was still fixing some lights and you're thinking about you're going to put a wall in a certain place or not. I remember walking in. I was like, this is awesome. Just the fact that like you guys were going for it. Yeah. And it wasn't even like a perfect alignment. Like I remember you guys telling me, hey, we haven't even signed a lease here. And I was like, <laughs> yep. let's go. This is amazing. Um, and then... And then to see the progress you guys made. So then I want to fast forward. So you get the place to open. First of all, it started to create a buzz in the community, right? Once they, they're like, what's going on in that place? And people are like, no, there's a, there's a boarding bruise. There's a place. It's like a boardroom. It's a board game cafe that's opening up here. And people saw the transformation of the space over time. And then you freaking open the place. Let's talk about that first night. Like you actually... You got the, pl you fixed the stuff up. You got your furniture. You got all the games in there that you've been collecting for so long. And you cut the ribbon. The place is open. How did you feel, man? Like, how did you feel about it? Well, um, so the first night was the Kickstarter backer party. Yes. So um, uh, I ran out of money. And then we ran the Kickstarter, which we knew we were going to run for the cafe eventually. Um we ran if the Kickstarter. If you're not aware of what Kickstarter is, is a is an online platform where people have a cause in something and people donate money in order to try to help that thing come alive. Is this podcast coming out in, in 2003? Or is it coming out? <laughs> Some people don't know Kickstarter, man. You never know, yeah. man. It's an entrepreneur's um, uh, a dream come true. Um, <laughs> uh, and you can kickstart anything. Right. Um, and so when that happened, the Kickstarter funded... Um, Partly because when I was working at the hell, I took uh, at the hotel. I took care of a guest um, who was up up from Florida because the hurricane took out his apartment, and uh, I took care of him. I showed I, I showed him around town. I told him the good places to go. Uh, he was here at my hotel for for a week and a half, and wow. uh, and you know six uh, six months later, you know uh, you know I see the Kickstarter campaign go up twenty five percent on a 15,000 stretch goal or on a $15,000 goal. And he put in five grand. That's amazing. So you never know. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Why, that's why like every, every conversation I ever had, every, every time I stepped out the door, it was with this sole intention to make this cafe happen. You know, while, before I even started spending money on it, um, which, you know, which is a lifestyle, right? It's this, it was that one sole purpose, but yeah. So that first night, um, uh, was uh, the backer party, right? So we had people in the cafe that had already supported us um, via Kickstarter. They gave us, you know, you know, thirty-five bucks, a hundred bucks, two hundred and fifty bucks, um, uh, and they were all there. And people had their some people had names on tables, other people had names inside board game boxes um, that you know that they wanted you know personally inscribed to them as as one of our Kickstarter backer goals. Um, so yeah, that was, a, that was a great night to see surrounded by friends and, and some family in there. Um, and then, and then we rolled right into, you know, the Friday night, right. Mm. And the Saturday night. And it was just all kinds of people coming by that, um, weren't really into board games. They were just like, Oh, it's a new bar. Like, let's check it out. This place is full. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was there, you know, they say like, stop and smell the roses. Right. It was, it was more like, um, yeah, what's the weekday is going to look like? So you're definitely, you. I was definitely um, cautious. It didn't really sink in or it didn't really feel comfortable until like a year and three months. Mm. That's wow. kind of when I was like, okay, like, because once you have like one year and then you're like, okay, yeah, we're back in the same month that we were last year um, and we're doing a little bit better. Like, oh, this is like, this makes sense. Or this is what it should, this is what I was hoping it would be, or it's going in the right direction. So not until you started to see, you know, to see a whole year, right? A whole calendar year, which, um, which was nice. Um, until I really felt like, okay, we, we've got something here. Um, and then you have, you know, you have your regulars coming in and then you have new people coming in and then you have your, your regulars from six months ago, come back in and we're like, oh, I've been, you know, I was away and I'm that's back. Cool. Like, that's really so cool. So when you start to see that stuff, that's when it kind of, um, that's when it, that's when it, that's when it really starts to feel comfortable. And then the other part about, um, you know, the small businesses is, is you, you know, your employees. So you can have a great concept and, and, you know, great ideas, but without labor and employees, you are, you're, 
you're nothing. They, your servers and our bartenders and our games teachers um, take boards and brews and, and make it a unique experience, right? So it's not just the games or the or the, the craft lattes that Erica makes or, or Tina's craft cocktails. Um, it's it's really a um, they, they really make the space unique from every other place on Elm Street. Which again, I grew up on Elm Street. I grew up going to the bars, and I felt there was something missing. Um, and so we have created a space that um, is something different than everywhere else you're going to go on Elm Street. And so those employees make the place happen. And so once your once your business is a year old, uh, you're going to attract different types of applicants. Once you're two years old, you're going to get different types of applicants. Like every year, every every year you're more consistent as a business. You're going to get more talented or more um, professional people because you're, you're, uh, you're now, you're not just something brand new. That's going to, you know, open up and, and, and go away. You're something that has been gaining steam, which is huge for attracting new talent. Um, which right now, if, you know, if it is the hardest thing, it's hard, it's, right. it's, it's crazy how hard it is to find people that are like you, especially up in Manchester, New Hampshire, you know, it's a city of a hundred and you know, hundred and 15,000. 15,000, give or take, if we, you know, the greater area of Manchester. But also a very aging community, too, where yep. a good percentage of that is folks that are not going to want to work in a board yeah. and brews. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, we're in a, we're in a tough market and we've really done really well just because, um, just because of our employees and the, in the amount of support we've got from day one. But still, even up to that, it was, it was still, you still never really know. Uh, but now it's like, it's, now we're, we're, Almost at two years. Next month is our two year. That's exciting. I was just going to say that. I'm like, you're about. To, you guys are about to celebrate your two years. Yep. Um, what's what's? I know you've probably learned so many different things within the last couple. You know, the last two years of running this. What What's the most surprising thing for you? Um, the most surprising thing would be. Um, hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I do remember a time where th there was a time early on you guys got a bad review and I don't want to talk about the review, but I'm curious to know from like from you personally, something that you've put your blood and sweat in and, you know, it's something that you, you might not be able to directly control how someone writes something regarding an experience that they had. I'm yeah. curious to know, like, so, I mean, yeah, so that is, um, I mean, the reviews are becoming less, less surprising. Um, uh, they've been generally really good. Um, yeah, every once in a while, you're going to get a Krabby Patty um, who had a, you know, had an off experience. Most of the time, it's because it was a busy night and they didn't get seated right away. And when they when they did finally get seated, you know, they they just they weren't they weren't uh, happy. It was I, the one weird one we just got a while ago um, like last month was there was a party like 10. And everybody had a banging time besides one person and they like left us this long review and we were like well we know people in your party and everybody had to make like we we we've talked like anyway it was just right. so there's certain stuff you can control and there's certain stuff you can't control yeah. so but they were like it was just like one of those weird things um but yeah they ended up like you know i try to be respectful and in a, in a you know, when I'm responding to reviews and I got to talk to my employees and stuff. And sometimes I know, I know what's going on and it is what it is. We have a unique business model. Um, we, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they deleted the review, um, which was interesting. So I, I think they might've reached out to like one of their friends and their friends was like, what are you doing? Like right. we had a blast that night. Um, but you know, that, that is what it is. Any small business or any business at all is going to have um, some weird reviews. But yeah, no, the, uh, the most, the most surprising thing I guess would be like, you know, the, the unique faces that come in, the new people that come in every day, people are coming in, but like, I never even, I didn't know you were here. Um, I live in Manchester like <laughs> all the time. Um, so yeah. And then like, it's just great to see, it's just amazing to see the regulars come in and, and we're, we're at two years now. Right. So some of like our Kickstarter backers who have kids who are five. Are now seven that's incredible. and they're growing out their kids boards and brew shirts and they want new ones <laughs> that's when awesome a, uh a one of the creating one, a little cult here <laughs> one of the moms posted on facebook and she wasn't even part of our kickstarter backers or anything but they just came in one of the moms posted on facebook and it's like when when you you know your son tells his therapist that boards and bruises is his favorite place um in the world uh and she posted on facebook and 
And then you look, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know those kids. And like, That's I gave those cool. kids stickers last time. They That's were in. awesome. And so when you start to see those kids start, start evolving in the space, um that's where like that's where i'm like okay yeah we're doing we're doing good things most of our we're, we're all ages all the time which is unique uh we have a restaurant license a restaurant bar license um um so you know our kitchen's open uh, until we close um full food menu um but we want to be a place where where all ages can go Yes, Friday and Saturday nights, it's mostly all adults. Right. Uh, every time. Prime time. Prime time, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're going to get the, the families on the sat Saturday afternoons and the Sunday afternoons. We have a, a whole slew of kids' games, um, and we have kids' birthday parties and stuff. So it's, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely a community space. It's definitely a living room space where – you know, you're going to have the, you know, you're going to have the adults drinking wine one day. And then the next day, you know, you're going to have the kids in here rolling around the floor. Um, pretzels and gummies. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a unique, um, it's a unique concept. And 99% of our, our guests appreciate it for what it is. If you went on a Friday night, you're not going to be like, oh, what are those kids doing here? Like, this is annoying. I want to be like, I want to be able to swear and say whatever I want. Most of the time it's like that. Um, and if it's not most of people playing, you know, party games or whatever, being loud or whatever, it is what it is. It's never normally an issue. Um, so we have that. We have a really good balance of, of you know, of when it's adult time and when it's kid time. Um, we get, you know, what we'll do is like on Friday night, we'll have the parents over. They'll have date night at the cafe. And then the next the next morning, they'll be back with their kids. The kids. Oh, um, that's awesome. That's so, great. Yeah. It's, what, it's what's fun. I'm curious. What's like one or two skills that you've had to develop? fairly quickly in regards to the responsibility of someone owning this place and running oh. this. So yeah, the, the skill that I I'm still working on, um, uh, is, you know, is, is right. Managing the employees. Right. So that was one thing, um, that has been one of our expect, uh, one of the things that we've exceeded that expectation of how many bodies we would need to run the place. Um, and so we, we need more employees. I studied organizational leadership, at Southern New Hampshire University, right? So you'd think I would, I would have the the tools in my toolbox qualified to lead my team to run a board game cafe, um, which it turns out that it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, so every day, um, you know, I'm learning, uh, I'm, I'm learning how to uh, to better try to help my guys out uh, because we have so many different personalities. Um, we have craft cocktails. We have craft lattes and we have a full kitchen and we have um, like a tea program, right? And we have 2,000 board games to manage. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts, which a lot of people say, you know, start simple. Um, I thought it was imperative in my city to start with a bang. Mm -hmm. And that means we had to hit all these, all these different facets, like... We had to hit them as well as we could. And at the beginning, it was rough. We still strive for it, but, you know, it's tough to manage a, a specialty coffee program um, and a specialty cocktail menu because they're both behind the same bar. The, it used, the place used to be a photo studio, right? So this bar was just something dropped in from the last bar that was before us. Um, and so we're working in a space that wasn't created for us, even though I did, went in there and I did as much work as I could. Um, it's still not create, it's not a space designed to be a cafe or a bar and we are both. And so there's, it that's going to come with its own, its own challenges. Um, and working in a building that's old, um, uh, is going to come with its own challenges. And so it's basically, yeah, it's like every day learning how to, um, make it so that my team is successful, regardless of what is put in front of them, because, you know, if you're a, if you're selling alcohol, um, uh, you're on a main road, right. And you've, you know, it, anything can happen and you've right. always got to be ready. And it's super important to be as professional and prepared as you can, you know, when there's food involved and there's alcohol and there's, you know, there's, there's customers, you have customers in front of you in your space. So it's super important to be able to react quickly. Um, and it's just preparing my staff on a, on a regular basis. Like we're, we're a board game cafe, right? And so we're, we're, you know, I wanted this space to be a um, a middle ground for young adults in Manchester to have a place to work that actually cares about them and cares about the community, um, you know, and then they are going to go on to the next step in their life. That's kind of 
that's what I that's what I envisioned. It's like um, a ramp, right? It's yeah, a bridge, a ramp. I just want to kind of set them up uh, and give them a cool place to work, uh, and then yeah, and then they'll go to the next step. Um, so you right now we've got a really solid team of, of of guys that have been working here for for almost over a year now, um, and um, yeah, you you just uh, that's one of the that's one of the challenges, right? You not, you don't know who. Um, is going to move on next. We just had we just had Jimmy who just got a big a big job that he was looking for. So now Jimmy's going to be stepping away from boards, um, and he's been a big big part of the team. Um, and so you know you've got to we've got to learn how to um, keep building and keep building a strong infrastructure on the inside with our with our um, with our with our people. And, and that's the that's the challenge I think. Um, and I think building is a perfect segue to one of my last question here is what what your aspiration like like you know like the, f the last two years has been incredible just to see all the momentum that you get you know you guys have been able to build by creating something in the space where it's like it's it, i mean you guys are a complete anomaly in terms of being able to put this downtown the main street like where everything is and to be able to sustain it and you're building a culture now you're building a community um What's your goal? Like, where do you want this to go? What do you like? You know, let's say if we do this in interview five years, even three now, five years too far for me. Let's say a year from now, two years from now. Like, where do you want this to go, man? Um, I, I want to help uh, communities get more board game cafes, right? Um, so, uh, from a year from now, uh. I would like to say that like now I'm involved in two board game cafes mm. um, and whether that be help another p person open one, um, you know, in any way I could um, or me opening up another one, that would be great. I, I would like to see um, boards and brews be more active in outside of boards and brews. Um, so I'd like to see more events going to two two different groups getting getting youth involved maybe outside the cafe because one of my one of my challenges has been uh, you know how much are we going to do to attract kids into the cafe because what that really does is it really changes the vibe a little bit now you're not you know now we're now we're appealing to to kids which um uh, you know have its own its own uh different different things to it um so i would like to spend the next 2020 um, really trying to get outside of boards and just get board games outside because I feel like we're getting people are coming in and playing the games, but there's still there's still tons of people who have no idea what board games are and people have no idea that you know no one plays Monopoly anymore and that you know they're you know they're gonna play Chinatown instead or they're gonna play um, you know Pandemic on the right, which is you know Matt Leacock's cooperative game that like has changed the changed the world of board games um, since that came out, like in Ticket to Ride, right? And Lost Cities, which is a fantastic two-player game. So this this people just have no idea what, what board games can do and how how relaxing and, and fun they are and a good way to unplug. Um, so yeah, reaching reaching the communities and, and just being active, which again, part of that challenge has been working up the staff on the inside and creating a strong crew so that I can separate myself um from being like their their last line of defense, which I'll always be, right? Because um, as an entrepreneur, you're always like the buck's going to stop with you every time, and that's the responsibility that you want, and that's the responsibility that you you need to accept right up from the beginning, um, which, which can be tough, especially when there's tons of moving parts. But, and yeah. and my last question to you is for my listeners who are entrepreneurs. So part of this. You know, the theme for this podcast is persevere to excel. And um, for people that have ideas and they're thinking about different things and they just don't have the courage or whatever it is that's holding them back from, you know, maybe even moving to proof of concept, right? Before prototyping and moving on to other other things and pushing it forward. Like, what would your advice to them be? My advice would be, um, yeah, just make sure that you're... Uh that your actions in, in the direction you're going is, is for that cause and that, that your cause is, is true. If it's true, people will support it. That's awesome. Well, Keating, my good friend here, I am super pumped that you are able to come and just tell us your journey, man. It was really awesome to hear your story and um, 
so motivating and encouraging to to hear your commitment your your courage and your consistency you know you know and it's cool because i've i've actually i was involved to a certain extent watching you guys kind of play out the different cards but now to see what it represents today and it's so cool with people that i know meet in the community they're like oh have you heard of that board and bruce place i'm like yeah and and um so it's really cool to see that and thank you for sitting down with me i know we can talk forever <laughs> so Thanks we'll for definitely me. find a time to um to come back and chat about some other stuff maybe some thrift shops or something here we go <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, man.